Welcome to Limitless Love. I'm your host, Sony. I help powerful women find the love they deserve by cultivating more sensuality, playfulness, and abundance in their romantic lives. Are you a successful woman who is killing it in her career but can't seem to get it together when it comes to men and dating? You are used to being recognized as being the best at what you do. You've got a condo, maybe a shiny new car. You take fabulous girls trips around the world, spend your weekends wine tasting and shopping. From the outside looking in, you seem to have it all. But you're missing real romantic connection. It feels like every man you meet is wrong for you. You are meeting men who are intimidated by your success, emotionally unavailable, and you have convinced yourself that it will never happen for you. Well, I've got good news for you, babe. You're dead wrong. Real, authentic love is waiting for you. You can have it all. I know this because I have been in your shoes. In this podcast, I will help you on your path to love by sharing my expert guidance, tips and techniques. You are meant for love. You are meant to have it all. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, hey, my loves. Welcome to another episode of the Limitless Love Podcast. I'm your host, Sony Pelty, and I'm so excited you're here. Today on the show, I have Priyal Thakur. Priyal is a technical scientist by training and has worked in the biopharmaceutical industry for six years. She has been an avid advocate of emotional intelligence within her family and friends for as long as she remembers. This year, she followed her passion to become an emotional intelligence and resilience coach. She looks forward to helping more individuals practice emotional intelligence skills and make an impact. Priyal is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She loves tea and encourages people to participate the art of stillness with tea. One of Priyal's favorite quotes In the age of speed, I began to think nothing could be more invigorating than going slow. In an age of distraction, nothing can feel more luxurious than paying attention. And in an age of constant movement, nothing is more urgent than sitting still. Ooh, I just love that. I met Priyal online in 2016 when we were both working on our transformational journey to attract our soulmates. We met in 2017 on a retreat in Santorini, and I was immediately attracted to Priyal's magnetic personality and her generous heart. And we have been friends ever since. It gives me so much pleasure to have her on the show and share her with you. Welcome to the show, Priyal. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for this beautiful introduction, Sony. It's really a pleasure to be here, and I can't tell you how excited I am to share everything that I'm doing with everyone right now. 
Well, I am so excited that you are here. <laughs> Yay, thank you. I just love your passion and enthusiasm with everything in life. And it would be selfish of me not to share you with everyone listening. I love that. And thank <laughs> you so much again. I'm so excited. So let's get talking. Let's dive in. Let's talk about emotional intelligence and what led you to become an emotional intelligence and resilience coach. Absolutely. And I think that's a great place to start off. So, you know, we are living in incredibly stressful times. Everyone is suffering with some sort of uncertainty. The question is, how do we deal with it? Can we grow through it? How can we look at it from a growth mindset? It is an incredible tough time. And it were, emotional intelligence can be an abstract concept to most people. You know, with the current state of the world, we are feeling lost, uncertain, and deeply anxious. And the rate of change is so high, nobody even knows what's coming next. Like yes. in terms of a health crisis, Red Cross shows up. But in terms of an emotional crisis, who helps you find your path back again? I love that analogy. That's so and, beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And the goal in learning and implementing emotional intelligence is to grow, to learn from the experiences that we constantly have, and then be able to live more intentional, purposeful, and meaningful lives. And that was my goal to spread it to the world, to have an impact on the community, to help people grow through challenges so they can become the best purposeful versions of themselves. So how I got into it was the same. <laughs> Let's go back to my childhood a bit. Emotional intelligence was an alien concept for me, you know, until a few years ago as well. Yes. I grew up in a very overprotective, authoritarian household and Indian culture is really specific to that. Yep. I, I faced a lot of childhood emotional neglect. I was constantly questioned on my thoughts, my opinions. I was told what to do. I couldn't really find myself while growing up. I was told you are too sensitive. You're so emotional. You have to put others before yourself. Yeah. The kind of limiting beliefs that you grow up, that you actually believe about yourself and they end up um, limiting you in some way. So, you know, because of that, I, in sense, I constantly questioned my self-worth, my confidence, my abilities, and it forced me to seek external validation rather than looking for answers within. Yeah. I went through the same similar situation in childhood, so I totally relate to you. Thank you. Yeah. And coming from the same culture, it's yes. easier for you to know that. Yes, absolutely. And I don't, th actually, I don't think it's specific to Indian culture. I ha I've met a lot of people who feel the same way, but they don't know what it is. So my oh, yeah, goal yeah, was yeah. to talk about it so people can become more aware of it. So what happened was a few years later in early adulthood, I saw my family, my romantic relationships breaking apart. I was losing men right, left and center and even friendships at some point. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't feel remotely connected to myself. And I felt deeply alone just being surrounded by people. And I realized that growing up with your emotions disregarded automatically communicates a really powerful message to yourself that your feelings do not matter. Yeah. I was so disconnected from my feelings, which should have been stimulating me, guiding me and helping me make powerful decisions. So what happened was that I grew older and I realized nobody had ever taught me how to actively deal with my emotions. And I, 
And I wasn't the only one who lacked the skills. So I began my journey and I read, you know, he's a really famous author in this field, Daniel Goldman's book about emotional intelligence. It was written Uh in 1999. And I realized that there was a better way to do this. And I had a choice to respond differently. I, I could in I could learn these EQ skills, identify my own harmful patterns, my reactions, and actually had a choice to respond differently. And I realized that if I couldn't be authentic with myself, how could anyone else be authentic with me? And I had to change something. So that set me on this beautiful development, self-growth journey. And I have never stopped since because it's just so amazing to be on this journey. And I realized that my family and friends could also benefit from around me because all of them grew up in the same environment. And I started, you know, I was the go-to family therapist. Everyone would come (laughs) to me with their problems and they would find solutions and they would feel really good about it. I just didn't really know, you know, there was a term called coaching for it. I was doing it unofficially for a really long time. And And I loved helping people. I love connecting with people. I love meeting new people. You know that about me. Yes, I love that about you. <laughs> and and I realized that this is something that makes me truly happy. And uh, as I said, and you mentioned that I was working in the industry, I saw this play out in a corporate setting as well. I was working with a lot of cross-cultural teams and there was difficulty communicating accurately to collaborate and just do conflict resolution. And I realized that EQ could play a role there as well to have better teams, to have better collaborations and just connect more on a deeply authentic level. So this year, Uh, As you know, I was in China when the pandemic started and I had to quit my job and go back to India. Yeah. And I I had some time and I realized that I could either waste this time or do something that I'm truly passionate about. So six months ago, I started this coaching journey and I have never, never looked back. It's so amazing and incredibly fulfilling to see people go through this growth and transformation. And it gives me so much joy. Yeah, you know, Priyal, your journey just inspires me so much. The way you spent those six months, it's just so inspirational. It's just, wow, I'm just so amazed at your growth, your development, and everything you have accomplished in the last several months. Thank you so much. And I feel you've been an equivalent partner to me in this journey. (laughs) I feel like we are spiritually connected. Yeah, we are. So thank you for that. You're welcome. So Priyal, you know, everyone has emotional intelligence, right? So some people have a high EQ and some have low. So how having a high EQ is helpful in relationships and in dating? That's a really wonderful question to answer at this point. Mm -hmm. And before we dive into how having a high EQ can help you in dating and cultivating relationships, I would really like to address what high EQ means. Yes, please. So, you know, having high EQ is your ability to be smart with your feelings in short. So you can develop optimal relationships with yourselves first and then with others. We often forget the part of developing an amazing, fulfilling relationship with ourselves. You know, it's our ability to be self-reflective, to have self-discipline, to be able to listen to others really deeply without needing to respond and to read other people's feelings and opinions. Mm -hmm. In short, it's just being human that allows you to interact well with others. And it's a really critical quality that can help you grow 
considerably. Mm-hmm. And I think the three main factors of having high EQ is how self-aware you are. How much do you truly know yourself? Once you know yourself, how much do you choose yourself and the options do you have? How do you uh, choose the right path for you? And I think the last part that beautifully ties into knowing yourself and choosing yourself is giving yourself. How yeah. often do you live intentionally with your purpose, with your goal and have empathy for yourself and others? So now that we've spoken about it, uh, I think having high EQ in dating and relationships is incredibly, incredibly important. As I said, I grew up in a very strict household and I didn't know who I was till until seven years ago. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Great. We are on the exact same journey and I love it. (laughs) So going back to that point, you know how... In India, you're taught that you always have to be nice and you always have to respect the other person's opinion in front of you and never say no. Yes. That was something so hard for me to implement in dating and relationships. So it's kind of uh, ingrained in you when you're growing up that, you know, you make a career for yourself. You have to have, uh, you have to find someone who is well settled and is educated, good looking from a great family, and then you get married. You know, arranged marriages are really common in India. Yes, I and- was, I had my first <laughs> marriage was an arranged marriage, so I totally get it. <laughs> and that's the kind of thought process that you grow up with. And you have no idea of what you are looking for in partner. Yes. And that comes from the fact that you don't know who you are as yourself. So if you don't know who you are, how are you going to find what you need in a partner? So the first thing that I did was to find myself to be able to attract someone who could actually fit into those goals that I wanted or the needs that I had in attracting my soulmate. So what happened was, um, I'll share a dating experience if that's okay. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Go for it. I think it's a really funny thing. So I had turned 25 and you know, when you turn 25 in India, uh, your parents lose it and they're like, you need to get absolutely married right now. It's too late. Probably before that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm really surprised I actually managed to pull off that long. (laughs) So I was 25 and I was, you know, on this path, I was reading books about EQ. I was making new friendships. I was trying to just find myself, you know, I was cultivating new hobbies. I had just started painting. I was running a half marathon and I really was in that phase where you are a caterpillar and you've not become a butterfly. You know, you're in the middle. Uh, And my parents really wanted me to get married and I had no idea what I wanted in a partner at that point. And, you know, there's this website in India, it's called shadi.com and they encourage you to meet people. They set up dates for you. And yeah. I was constantly meeting people. And my criteria for parents was very simple. You know, he should be well settled. He should be good looking. He should earn enough for uh, a living. And I was in the San Francisco Bay Area at that time. He's there and he's from a good family. That's all they cared about. And yes. I would meet these men and I would feel like there was something missing. Like I wouldn't feel good after meeting them, but you know, everything was good on paper, theoretically. And I couldn't really pinpoint to something of what was missing. And I could Mm -hmm. never share that with my parents. And they would constantly tell me that, 
you know, I was taking wrong decisions or I was not thinking it through or I didn't truly know what I want or I would never know what I want. And at that point, EQ comes in really handy because you need to realize what your emotions are telling you. Emotions are linked to your gut and your brain. And you don't realize that connection very authentically because even if something is off, you feel it in your gut, even though if you can't pinpoint it. And I can't believe how incredibly powerful that is. So I went on this date with an amazing person. He was a professor at UC Berkeley, you know, in computer science, Uh really well educated, had a PhD from a great family. And my parents really loved him. And I was on this date in a beautiful restaurant in San Francisco and we were having dinner and a waiter came by and he was incredibly, incredibly rude to the waiter. And, you know, I was just shocked. Yeah. I was just like, I didn't know how to respond in the moment, but in the moment, because, you know, he was so much better than me. He was so educated and my parents really loved him. I didn't say anything. I, I was like, told that this is something that can be improved upon and you shouldn't really care about it. Mm -hmm. But in my gut, I just felt that this is really, really strange and I cannot really connect to this person. Yeah. And this is just one of the many examples that happened over the 30 to 40 men that I met and I just didn't like anyone. And it constantly happened because, you know, the connection wasn't there or they just didn't have the emotional bandwidth to have those conversations. And I realized that there are signs, specific signs that can point to, and you can recognize those signs of high emotional intelligence when you're dating. And the first one is that they are great communicators. Yes. (laughs) You, You as a person can communicate what you truly want to the other person and they can communicate in the same language back to you. And that is so important. And that's so beautiful when that happens. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, you understand that person on a soul level. Yes. And you feel like you are heard. Yes. Which brings me back, which brings me to my second point, which I think is equally important that in dating, a person has to be really willing to have tough conversations. And that requires very high emotional intelligence because... Often when we face conflict, we either feel the need to retreat and hope the problem sorts out in itself, or we just get really angry and shout and it doesn't serve any purpose. So both are opposite end of extremes, which don't really serve any purpose, but the ability to have a tough conversation about what you truly want out of your life, what your values are, what your fundamentals are, and what your belief systems are to see whether you can actually build a life together is really, really important. And I think most of us don't do that. Oh, I'm so on board with everything that you're saying. And also like respecting your boundaries. Yes. Uh, I feel a high EQ is required for that too. Like both men and women, right? Like just setting your boundaries, upholding those boundaries and not worrying are not feeling responsible for how the other person feels about those or interprets those boundaries. Absolutely. This was exactly my next point. And thank you for sharing that, Sony, because having boundaries and being able to say no 
when your needs are not met is really important. And that also comes from having high emotional intelligence because oftentimes women take a step back when they have to say no because it's so not ingrained in them and they feel like they question their choice whether they should really be saying no. But being able to say no and being not afraid of what other people think of them is really important with the right level of assertiveness to communicate in that relationship. And then the next point I believe in having high EQ for dating is that you respond from a really centered place rather than angle. Yes. You know, having EQ skills, a critical component of that is being able to respond rather than react. And I know it's really easy to say theoretically, but very, very hard to implement practically. Yes. And being able to breathe into your anger and not acting on it and just really focusing on what it's trying to tell you can make you so much of a more heart-centered person. And that plays so beautifully out in dating because the other person has been given space now to authentically connect with you and have that space to be vulnerable themselves. Right. Not having that knee-jerk reaction. Right. Yes. I, I'm totally with you on that. And that's just so very important, being able to not react and uh, sit with your feelings and then respond from that space. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any examples you want to share of your experiences? <laughs> well, I have a lot of uh, as you know, I went on like at least 300 first dates. So I have a lot of crazy examples to where I have experienced men with low EQ and on the other end of the spectrum, high EQ, like with Larry too, like I feel like when you were talking about high EQ, about having hard conversations, about being able to communicate on that level, it just feels so magical where they just understand you. Right, right. It's it's so, so, so important. Like I feel in my relationship with my husband, even before he proposed to me, even before we got married, we had to go through several difficult situations and mm -hmm. having those difficult conversations without feeling defensive without feeling being attacked and being able to process those difficult emotions and feelings before responding or communicating is so huge. Yeah, that's so wonderful to hear. And how did you really recognize that you needed to build up the skill or was this in inherent in you from before? Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't inherent in, in, in me. Like my mom, she is so highly masculine. She just um, reacts all the time. She doesn't know how to respond. And just similar situation like you, right? Like being brought up in a conservative Indian family, it was, I saw my mom either being very compliant in the beginning or then just being very defiant, Right. There's nothing in alignment. And I feel that high EQ has a lot to do with taking action from that aligned space. Absolutely. So I had to work on myself. I had to totally unlearn 40 years of learning and go through this rewiring process. Right. To get to this place of... Uh, emotional intelligence where I can communicate my feelings in a very emotionally mature way 
respond versus react and also set healthy boundaries. Like even when I was dating, like even I laugh and joke with my husband, I tell him, I had so many boundaries around everything, like right, like not sleeping over at his house, not having sex till I knew he was going in the direction of being committed to me and he wanted marriage. And right. also I was very clear in my head that especially being in my mid-40s when I met him, I was very clear that I didn't want to be a girlfriend. I wanted to get married. Right. I remember even telling him no when he asked me to be his girlfriend. I said, no, I don't, I'm not looking (laughs) for that level of commitment. I really want marriage. So just all, all these things, it, I could have, couldn't have ever said this before. Right. So these are all learned skills. And I love it now that you can put it so detailed in specific ways about how you've grown, because I'm sure it can help many, many women out there. And I really wanted to touch on that point that you said about your mom. You know, often we learn how we behave in romantic relationships from our parents. It's so ingrained in us of how their relationship looked like. And I really understand what you said because my mom was completely compliant in a relationship and she'd never worked. She was dependent on my dad. And it was just a never balanced relationship. There was no romance present or, you know, just the fact that they could connect to each other. And I'd always mirrored that. And I realized that when, you know, I was 25 and my boyfriend had broken up with me that I was mirroring that in my relationship and it was really not working. I had to find a way to learn new skills and unlearn my patterns and be present in a sep- in a different sort of way as just you described. Yeah, yeah. So Priya, that kind of leads me into my next question. I think this is a beautiful segue. We were right. talking about how we both have learned how to be in new ways and handle our life situations from a place of being centered and aligned, right? So I know we are born with our IQ. It cannot be changed, but you can learn the tools and techniques as we see in both our cases (laughs) to improve your emotional intelligence. So how do you do that? Like, what's the process you follow, especially you in your coaching practice? Absolutely. That's a great question. So I think EQ is a set of learnable, specific, measurable skills that exist out there. And they can be completely taught to anyone who's willing to adapt to change and grow. So when I started this coaching journey, uh, I was working with a nonprofit in Menlo Park. It's called Six Seconds. And they design EQ tests, assessments, and a lot of host of other resources on how you can implement EQ in your daily life. And it's truly, truly been wonderful working with them. And it's a test based on a certain set of specific parameters that are measured. They're very simple questions about, you know, how do you take decisions? Are you okay with taking tough decisions? Do you have a hard time saying no? How do you respond to negative feelings like anger and jealousy? So they're very easy questions to answer. And it's a short 10 minute test that you can take. And it gives you your baseline EQ skills on the concept that I just described earlier when we were talking about of knowing yourself, choosing yourself and giving yourself. So those three are further divided into eight competencies. And we can talk about that. 
But the test measures those specific eight competencies and it tells you where you are currently in life. So it's a snapshot in time based on, you know, what you're going through or how your relationships are, how your well-being is. It gives you a snapshot in time and it can change within a span of even two months. Mm -hmm. And then once you have the results uh, from that data set, you can see what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and mostly you can use your strengths to work on your weaknesses. So that's how I started doing that. I took one for me and uh, I found my EQ levels and I realized that there were certain things that I still needed to work on because, you know, it's an ever-evolving journey. You oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now I do it for a lot of my clients and I've seen some wonderful, wonderful results because they really like knowing where they are at because people don't know where they are at. You have to have a baseline measurement to get started. Right. And it constantly keeps changing too, right? I would say it changes within a span of six months. Two yeah, months yeah. might be a little earlier, but if you're really committed to change, if you're really committed to coaching, it can happen earlier. But I, I would say six months is a great framework for that. So uh, then you give them tools and practices to work on their weaknesses. Is that what you do? Yes, I actually love to have them take the test before we get started on yes, coaching yes, because they absolutely. know where they are and what they would want to work on. Yeah. I really don't like to focus on the weaknesses because people like to see that as a negative thing, you know, and yeah. it's not really a negative thing. It's just right. something that you've not tabbed into yourself or it's just sitting there that you've not used. So I like to start with the strengths so that you know what is your biggest strength and what you're already good at and how you can do that more so you can live more intentionally every single day and then use that to slowly work on your weaknesses and then build it into that. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And I think it ties in beautifully into the whole journey. In fact, there was this one client that I worked with who took the test and he was my first client. It was really, really wonderful to see where he was at the end of 10 weeks and how much they had grown based on the report that I had given. And they really, really recognized it. And I think that is very important to be aware that you have the tools to go where you need to go now. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So Priyal, tell me if you were to leave people with one nugget regarding emotional intelligence, what would that be? That's a tough one. I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, more than one then. <laughs> I think the most important thing to know is that we all are really capable of cultivating emotional intelligence daily if we can show up as our best selves whether with our family, whether with our work relationships, whether with our communities, in our romantic relationships, with our friends and every single person who crosses our path. The most important thing I feel for the right now is you have to cultivate deep empathy for other people, being able to meet them where they are and creating space for them to be who they are and accepting them as they are is a beautiful, beautiful place to be because you're doing the same for yourself. You are cultivating empathy for yourself in the same moment, accepting where you are in the present moment. And 
in doing that, you are creating a culture of belonging, accepting everyone and acknowledging them for who they are. And if we cultivate this deep empathy, we create better relationships, we show up better at work, we have better mental health, and we just can contribute to more causes that are plaguing our world right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really important that what is one single thing I can do every single day to practice emotional intelligence? You know, it takes 21 days to create the habit. So the more you do it, the more ingrained it becomes in you and the more automatic it becomes in you. So in all, I really want to ask everyone this question. Who do we want to be as individuals, as people, as society and as a community? Can we really open our heart to everyone? That is so, so, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite quotations. I came up with that when I was working with someone and I was like, can you truly, truly open your heart to someone? And they were like, no. And even in dating, I tell my women all the time, date with an open heart, be open to everybody. Unless that person is a danger to your safety, open your heart, be curious. Absolutely. Let it surprise you. That is so powerful. (laughs) So let's transition into your passion for tea. As I was sharing with everybody before that you are a multi-passionate entrepreneur and I have seen your journey as a tea connoisseur. So do you want to share about that with us? Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for calling me a tea connoisseur. I think it makes me really (laughs) happy at this point. So yeah, so I think I've always loved tea, you know, the Indian masala chai and having yes. multiple conversations around tea. So I always enjoyed inviting people over for tea, making snacks and just having deep conversations. That's how I got into tea. And that was the imperative to create meaningful conversations around that. And somehow it really happened around the tea time. And I realized that it is so, so important for connection. And a lot of people wanted that. So I started on this journey a couple of years ago as well. I really wanted to taste different kinds of tea from all parts of the world, not just the Indian masala chai, which is really good, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And I started sourcing multiple different types from India, Sri Lanka, and I went to China for a bit. So I tried a lot of teas there as well, which was also incredibly fulfilling. So I realized that Tea is so meaningful to me. I really wanted to create these gift boxes that, you know, people could really connect to. And it's very personalized because I Mm -hmm. feel like we have lost the art of gifting. Like you can go to a store, you can buy something and just give it and it doesn't have any meaning. So I really wanted to create meaning around tea and then pair it with something that can have you create that space to have that conversation. And it comes from my personal need because I can have tea and copious amounts of tea and just talk at length with anyone if I want to build a connection with them. I love so it that. Really, so it really comes from that. And I really want to encourage people to do that. And it comes back to that same point of opening up your heart. I want to use tea as a vehicle that people can use to slow down, reflect, truly listen to themselves and open their hearts. So, so, so beautiful. I'm just loving your tea gift boxes that you have been curating recently with the tea notes on that vintage paper, (laughs) handwritten notes. Oh my God. I just love things like that. I feel like even the art of writing is just 
disappearing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, just the fact that you write something physically can make you feel like more connected. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Yes. And my 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 hope with this is that you can I can create this for couples, I can create this for families, I can create this for people at work and they all find this as a vehicle to connect with each other and create more bonding and just become better friends. That is so amazing. I love that you're doing this. Thank you. And um when you planned the bridal shower for my daughter, that was just so amazing like beautifully paired with food. and everybody just had such a beautiful royal experience and i'm just quoting the guests so that was just so 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 beautiful that's so i can't tell you how much joy this gives me just hearing that being able to convince people to have tea and spend time with each other with the right food is also really really fulfilling how did you feel Oh I felt so amazing. I was and just being able to share that sort of an experience with people just makes me happy. Great. So Great. it was beautiful. So Priya, do you want to share with us how and where people can find you, follow you? Do you have something special going on that you want to share with people? Absolutely. So <laughs> I have two Instagram handles, one for my coaching and one for my tea and everyone's really welcome to follow me on both. My Instagram for tea is my first and last name Priyal Thakur underscore tea tales. I really like to call it a suitcase of tea tales because I feel the box that I'm curating is telling a story. So that's where the name came yes. from. I love it. Uh and my coaching Instagram handle is coach.priyal and I post daily tips and questions about emotional intelligence and how you can incorporate it into your daily life but also if anyone would like to get their eq tests or their levels measured or just have a free discovery call with me regarding that they can get in touch with me on instagram or my website priyalthakur.com is also linked to my instagram page so they can book a session with me there as well Okay I'll be adding all the links to the show notes so everybody can easily get in touch with you and follow you. Priya yeah. it was so 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 wonderful having you. I hope you all enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. There were a lot of golden nuggets in this conversation so share your takeaways and we will love to hear what your takeaways and aha moments were from this conversation lots of love to all of you and have a wonderful weekend thank you so much sony for having me on the show i'm incredibly incredibly grateful to you for this and i would love to hear from everyone else as well lots of love to you too priya take care bye bye thanks so much for tuning in If you have loved this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you really love this episode, I'd love if you beauties can leave me a review. For more love and dating advice, join my private Facebook community, Limitless Love. And for daily inspiration and fun, come hang out with me. on Instagram at Sony 
Authority. Until next time.